to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, again, welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's so good to be in worship, kick off our week together in worship. Again, I want to welcome Ryan Jensen, his wife, Laura, kids, Camille and Knox. It's so great to have them. A part of the faith family here at RPC is you see them around the church, make sure and extend a personal word of welcome. Today, we're celebrating World Communion Sunday, where Christians all around the world celebrate the unity we have in Jesus Christ, despite our differences in languages and cultures, location. We come together, united in Jesus Christ, and we'll do that uh, in a few minutes after the message. Carrie gave a fantastic sermon last Sunday looking at faithfulness, the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, and she celebrated Randy Jackson's ministry among us was so great to uh, celebrate all that God has done through his ministry. So glad that he and Kathy will still be a part of the faith family here at RPC. Today, it's fallen to me to look at the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. So you're not the only one who's going to be learning today about gentleness. Our passage comes from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. Let's open our hearts, our minds, and our ears for the word of the Lord. I, therefore... The prisoner in the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask in the next few moments, you might be our teacher, that you by your spirit might speak to our hearts. And in speaking, we might hear, listen, understand, and bear fruit in our lives. Teach us about gentleness, Lord, that we might be a gentle people. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have any of you ever been to the dentist? (laughs) How'd you choose your dentist? For years, I was with a group called Gentle Dental Care. I loved it. I'd go in, the dental hygienist would kind of sit me down, and she said, Sweetie, how are you doing today? I said, well, I'm here, but I'm glad I'm in good hands. I'm glad I'm in gentle hands. Even though she would scrape, pick, prod, poke, she did it gently. Now I go to a dentist, I swear his name is, Dr. Love. It's amazing. He's like the perfect preacher. At the end, he comes in to see me, he's like, well... He's been doing this, says the same exact thing for 10 years. At the very end, he says, he says, your teeth look good, but you need to floss more. Every year, your teeth look good, but you need to floss more. See, he's like simultaneously encouraging, but then he challenges me. Encourage and yet challenge. 
We value the virtue of gentleness when it comes to our dental care. What if we were like, walk in, I'm no sissy. Let's do this tough. Come on, really scrape, really grind, make it bleed. No, you'd be lose your mind. No, we want people to be gentle with us. And if we want people to be gentle with us, with our dental care, I can't tell you how much more we want people to be gentle with us when it comes to our spiritual life. We want people to be gentle with our hearts. Our hearts, where we're vulnerable. We have cares, we have concerns, we have hurts, we have scars. We want people to be gentle. But that's not often how a lot of spiritual care is conducted, is it? I had a paradigm-transforming conversation a number of years ago with a guy by the name of Gary. I'm not going to give you his last name because I promised I would never tell about our conversation. (laughs) Gary was working at the intersection of psychology, theology, and spiritual care. He's a writer, and he was speaking at a conference I was helping put on, and so on the first night, we all gathered for dinner, and I strategically placed myself next to him, and then just started asking him questions, and I know he was probably like, who have I sat next to? But I was like, my name is Jeff. I serve as a Presbyterian minister in the Atlanta area, and after some small talk, I asked him, I said, what kind of church do you go to? He says, I'm Presbyterian. I said, oh, that's awesome. He says, but I don't go to Presbyterian churches. I said, why not? This guy was a little hurt. He said, I find that most Presbyterian and Reformed churches model themselves on the model of a courtroom. That the judge is up in heaven or up at the pulpit, and the people come in guilty and ashamed, and you remind them of their guilt and their shame, and then you declare them innocent. And he says, I come in knowing I'm guilty. I come full of shame. I don't need a judge. I don't need a courtroom. What I need is a hospital. I need churches that are hospitals. And that point really resonated with me. Does it with you? I don't need a courtroom or a judge. I need a hospital. I need a doctor. I'm not just guilty. I'm sick. I don't need a, a trial. I'm in search of medical care. I don't need to feel shame. I'm, I got enough guilt already. I need to be made well. And from that conversation to today, I've tried to make my ministry, our ministry together, not like a courtroom, but a hospital. In the words of that old hymn, where we find a physician for the sin-sick soul. A hospital. And if we're going to Practice and be a hospital, a ministry that has, where we're caring for folks, we need to practice the virtue of gentleness. The word gentleness in Greek is proutes. It has wide meaning. It's usually either translated gentleness, meekness, or humility. It's kind of hard to find an English word that exactly fits its meaning. Proutes is often used to describe leaders, leaders who demonstrate strength under control. It's important here that this word proutes, gentleness, meekness, humility, is not spinelessness. It's not weakness. 
It's strength under control. And it's no accident that some of the most important figures in the Bible are described as being gentle. Take Moses in the Old Testament, for instance. Listen to this relatable passage in the Old Testament. It happens in Numbers, and Moses is leading the people through the wilderness towards the Promised Land. And he gets married, and this is, this is just classic. His sister and his kind of right-hand guy, Aaron, don't like who he's chosen to get married to because she's the wrong ethnicity. Listen to this and how he responds. Numbers 12, verses 1 through 3. While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had indeed married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble or gentle, more so than anyone else on the face of the earth. The narrator tells us that Moses was the most humble or the most gentle man on the face of the earth. But Moses was not weak. He was not spineless. Remember, he confronted the most powerful man in Egypt, Pharaoh, said, set my people free. He courageously led the people through the wilderness. He stood before the Lord on Mount Sinai as God gave him the Ten Commandments. When he comes down the mountain and he sees the people's idolatry, he breaks them because he's so frustrated with them. This is the man that is the most humble or the most gentle man on the face of the earth. Because why should we believe he was so humble and gentle? If you read on in Numbers, you'll see God brings judgment against Miriam and Aaron for their rebellion. And Moses comes to their defense. He shows compassion. He shows mercy, even though they've rebelled against his leadership. That's strength under control. That's what it means to be gentle. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther, in his commentary on the book of Galatians, says this, gentleness is the virtue that is not provoked to anger and does not take vengeance. This is a fruit of the Spirit. And where did Moses learn this fruit of the Spirit? Probably after he, he murdered that Egyptian, and he goes on the run and God forgives him. And God takes care of him as he's in the wilderness. When God calls Moses to lead the people and he shrinks back in fear, God gently comes alongside him and says, I will give you the words to say. I will go with you. You won't be alone. Moses had probably been raised hearing the story when his mom and his sister had put him as a baby in a basket in the Sea of Reeds, and he was discovered by the Pharaoh's daughter. God had been gentle to Moses, and so then Moses is gentle to others. That's how the fruit of the Spirit works. We see the Spirit's present in our lives and are transformed by it, and we can't help but bear fruit. There are three aspects to learning to be gentle people. The first is we have to learn to listen. Gentle and humble people know how to listen to others. They don't listen to the needs, hurts, cares, concerns that they are projecting onto others. No, they listen authentically to others. They learn to listen. If you follow me on social media, you know Dan Christ and I, our missions pastor, went to the borderlands this past week. We're on the Mexican-American border in Juarez, El Paso. We are investigating some potential mission partners we might partner with in the future. 
There were two organizations we worked with, the Trace Rios Presbyterian Foundation and Abara. We did a brief trip, what they call a border encounter. It's a, sh it's a short trip meant for a group just to listen. And as you can imagine, two preachers, it's tough for us to listen. They said, don't try to fix anything. Don't try to do anything, just learn to listen. Oh, I said, this will be good for me to practice for Sunday. Some gentleness. And it was a powerful experience as we listened. Heard from people from Venezuela, leaving everyone and everything they'd ever known, trying to escape violence, to escape hunger, looking for asylum, making their journey to America. We talked to, to Guatemalans, men who were threatened by gangs and the cartel, who had to go into hiding. Wives and children had to come south looking for asylum. Talked to the Mexican Presbyterian minister who during the week runs a shelter for 90 migrants trying to take care of their food needs, their clothing, their health care. While he's pastoring a church on the weekends and he's teaching at a seminary at night, we listen to him. We listen to folks talk about those caravans that come south. We'd heard about it on the news. They said, oh, the news often doesn't get it right. You know why they come on the, in caravans? Because it costs somewhere between ten dollars and $14,000 for a coyote to bring you across the borderlands. And these, these migrants, they have to pay the cartel for safety. Well, these caravans, will, there's strength in numbers, and so they'll all get together when they can't afford to pay off the cartels and the people that threaten them, and they come together. And up until this point, no one has harmed these caravans, these people that are coming. We talked and listened to women, their daughters, who had had to go on birth control to make the journey knowing that they would be assaulted along the way. We listen. Gentleness and humility comes by listening. Listening to others, not ourselves. It's a reason why C.S. Lewis once wisely defined humility, saying humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. When you're trying to listen, you hear about the trials and the tribulations of others. And when you do that, you begin to exhibit the virtue, the gift, the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. The second aspect of gentleness is forgiveness. Can you forgive? Do you find it difficult to forgive? That's part of what it means to be gentle. In Aramaic, the root word for forgiveness, Aramaic is the language that Jesus would have spoken. Gentleness means, or forgiveness rather, means to unbind or to let go. In our passage in Ephesians, we see that Paul calls himself a prisoner in the Lord. Because Paul was always getting arrested, getting himself thrown into jail. And one of the fascinating things about it is rather than get angry, have feelings of retribution or violence or lashing out, he forgives. He often befriends the very people that are keeping him in jail. They become his friends. Because he practices forgiveness. The third aspect of gentleness is practicing vulnerability. Practicing vulnerability literally means open your, opening your heart and be willing to be wounded. Let's be honest, none of us want to be wounded. Many of us will do whatever it takes to avoid being hurt, to being wounded. A number of years ago, 
after I went through the dissolution of a marriage, I started going to a therapist because I had to figure out what happened and why. I spent hundreds of hours with this guy. <laughs> just, just wait. <laughs> and so he's asking me about all my romantic relationships over the years. I said, it all goes back to my junior year of high school. He says, tell me some more. I said, I was dating this girl, and I was head over heels for her. Oh, man. And then out of the blue, out of nowhere, she broke up with me. And I was devastated. Wounded to the core. I was hurt. I said, I'm never going to let that happen again. So in my romantic relationships, from then on, if I got dissatisfied, if I got disgruntled, if I thought she was dissatisfied or disgruntled, if I got worried, if I got bored, I was the one who broke up first. You're not going to wound me. I'm not going to be hurt. And let me tell you, that is no way to be in a relationship. I had to go through some therapy, relearn some new habits, open my heart to being vulnerable, still working on it. But if I'm going to be gentle, if I'm going to bear that fruit of the Spirit, I have to be vulnerable. To cultivate gentleness, we need to learn to listen, we need to forgive, and we need to be vulnerable. I told you about my friend, Gary, who didn't like churches modeled on courtrooms. One day I was reading a review in some journal about a book review, and it was written by this guy, Chuck Matthews. Matthews is a professor and scholar at University of Virginia. His area of focus and expertise is on St. Augustine, the bishop from North Africa in the fourth and fifth centuries. And Chuck summarizes kind of Augustine's view about the church. And then he has this sentence that made the hair on my back of my neck stand up. He says this, he writes, Christian churches are best understood not as training camps for theological ninjas, but as hospitals dedicated to the healing of wounded souls. Christian churches are best understood not as training camps for theological ninjas, but as hospitals dedicated to the healing of wounded souls. I said, that's it. And I sent it to my friend Gary. I said, we're Presbyterian in the lineage of Augustine. That's what we're about. Not being theological ninjas, but being hospitals to take care of folks with wounded souls. And so that's why we need to cultivate gentleness. We need to learn to listen to one another. We need to learn to forgive and we need to practice vulnerability. For we are a hospital for the sick, the broken, and the hurting. Why? Because God has been gentle with us in Jesus Christ. God has listened to us. God has forgiven us. And God has become vulnerable. So let us go and do likewise. Let's pray. Gracious and loving, we thank you so much that you have been gentle with us. Lord, I pray that we might be gentle to ourselves and that we might be gentle to one another. We thank you for that, and that this community might not be a courtroom, but it might be a hospital. Sit sick soul. In your name we pray. Amen.
You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.